This episode of Beer and Bullshit is brought to you by Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer. It's time to grab the bull by the horns. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Happy Thirsty Thursday. There's a new episode of Beer and Bullshit in your podcast feed, which makes it the best day of the week, obviously. This is the podcast where we drink beer, we talk bullshit. Uh, I'm alone tonight. If you've tuned in for Pellerin, I'm sorry. He's unavailable. Uh, The Pellheads, you can click off, go listen to Rogan, I'm assuming. That's what the Pellheads are into. There's a lot of overlaps there, apparently. Anyway, I uh, hope you're having a lovely day, whatever time of the day it is you choose to listen to the podcast. I'm having a weird one. Here's what just happened to me. A shower curtain just fell on my head. Just fell right on my head. I was giving my kid a bath, and the metal bar fell right on my fucking head. I have, you know what, if you're a millennial, a younger millennial, uh, to turn this off now or fast forward, because I'm going to complain about home ownership. And you millennials can't relate. <laughs> Just kidding. I think I'm technically a millennial. I don't know. I'm a zennial. I'm an elderly millennial. I don't know. Anyway, I own a home. So I'm not a millennial. I think that's really what makes the difference. But I've owned this home for about a decade. And uh, it's about the time when shit just starts to fucking go wrong. Every little fucking thing that can break seems to be breaking. You know, the paint is chipped. The things are fading. Uh, things are cracking. There's kind of so you discover mold and stuff in places. You're like, what the fuck? I gotta redo this. I just redid that, and then you realize, no, you didn't. It was like ten years ago. So that's where I'm at. Shower curtains falling on my head. Wallpapers fraying along the edges. This carpet in this room. I'm not happy with it. You know what I mean? You do know what I mean? You can answer me. I can hear you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. This is actually a two-way medium. I can hear everything that's happening to anyone who's listening to this while they listen to it. True story. Okay, it's not actually true. We would love to hear from you, though. Uh, the The listener mail's been tapering off, and I don't know what's going on here. You, you people are shitting the bed here. We love to hear from you. We read our emails. It's legit. We sit around, and we watch the inbox once a week, and we wait, and we pray, and we hope. It's holler at beerandbullshit.ca that's holler at beerandbullshit.ca we'll answer any questions you have about life about beer about home repairs about shower curtains falling on your head about where chris is when he's not here what does that guy get up to if you have questions about chris's personal life his sexual life his anatomy we'll get into it we don't care holler at beerandbullshit.ca we're going to talk about beer tonight uh, but I'm going to talk about some bullshit first. Um, this is some diversity, equity, and inclusion bullshit. Here's the thing I've noticed lately. People love to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's D-E-I for those in the know, for those that are hip to the acronyms. Uh, but then they don't fucking actually do it or live it. And I don't understand how you think you're going to get away with it. This week I'm speaking specifically about some organization called Bitches and Brews. I love when an organization about inclusivity throws the word bitches into the conversation. That's a that's a good start. Anyway, I'm, but I'm also speaking generally about pretty much fucking most people. But the Bitches and Brews were hosting a, a diversity... Uh, what the hell was it? I'm going to find this goddamn thing on my Instagram here. Uh, diversity and Inclusion Festival Tour. 
which, as you can imagine, means a bunch of white people going on tour talking about diversity. <laughs> they posted a picture of their whole organization announcing this thing, and it was like 15 white people. And, like, I, I just don't understand how you think people aren't going to call you out on that. Like... What are, you, what are you getting out of this? You're obviously not doing any of the real legwork. You're, you're not really doing any work to be inclusive. You just want the, like, the love and the, the pheromones, or not the pheromones. What is it called? I guess it would be dopamine, the dopamine you get from the likes on your Instagram post pretending you care about diversity because, like, that's all that's good for. You maybe get, like, 15 or your, you know white friends that don't bother to look into it or anything like oh my god diane it's so awesome that you do this it's so great that you're doing this diversity tour. then anyone who looks at the picture like i did will go what the actual fuck don't do it okay there's no little treats for people who pretend to care about inclusion you gotta actually do it I don't know bitches and brews other than to have looked at their post and then roast them on the the beer and bullshit Instagram, which you should totally be following and you probably already are if you listen to the show. But anyway, uh, it seems like a pretty wacky little, uh, it actually seems like one woman who just likes to talk about beer and talk about bitches and brews. Anyway, if you're going to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, be diverse, be equitable, and be inclusive. Okay, thank you so much. All right. Want to get to our guest? You probably do. Um, this is probably normally where I'd shout out to some beer I've been drinking this week, but I'm, uh, don't tell anyone. Trying not to drink. Just for the week. Just for the week. It was a long weekend, and it was a, a thirsty weekend, and so I'm just like, I'm pumping the brakes, which is okay. I'm drinking a lot of Montelliers. I drank one during the interview you're about to hear. I can't find the Guinness Zero anywhere in london ontario i know we're a small town but i mean where the fuck do you get this stuff it's like 17 bucks for a four pack to order it online and i ain't doing that if you're the guinness zero people the pr people hook it up hook me up okay we like to talk about non-alcoholic beer uh not always in a positive way on this show we said Harmons was the closest thing that tasted like real beer that we've had and that's still true though i hear guinness tastes pretty much like the real thing unless you ask chris schreier who can taste that you made it in a different vat wearing a different hat with different malt extract because he's got a palate like a god but i think most people most people seem to say guinness zero tastes like real guinness so i want some i want it in my town guinness bring it to london bring it to my mouth anyway uh that's enough of that bullshit let's get to our guest my guest tonight is uh graham kobayashi and he is he's the guy he is counterpoint brewing he's it he's out there making beer selling beer painting the house that he lives in (laughs) i don't know he's doing it all but they got a birthday coming up so uh i sat down and talked to him here we go here's graham Well, first, I, I guess it's nice to meet you. We're not really meeting, but we've like interacted via Instagram for years. It feels like so it's nice to actually sit and have a conversation with you. Yeah, for sure. A couple chit chats here and there. Yeah, you seem to be like the spokesperson for beer in the area. Sometimes <laughs> you're in a lot of like the news. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of the yeah. I mean, I, I won't turn it down because it's nice to have the opportunity to 
Yeah, you get a little publicity. Uh, it's, I, I don't know why I've become the authority on uh, <laughs> some of these topics, but a lot of them don't really affect us either, right? So I uh, try to, you know, try to throw that in there as well, but sometimes that gets missed in the, uh, you know, the media picks and chooses what they want to say. So yeah, Andrew, Andrew Capolino, who I actually know, I've crossed paths with him before. He seems to, I think he's even got like yeah. a stock photo of you at this point. I googled that yeah. with your birthday <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I found, found the same photo a couple of times. Now, speaking of your brewery, I mean, I, I I know about your brewery, but I think basically only through social media. I'm trying to think if I've had, I must have had some of your beers at some point, but what, what's the, I mean, this is an, an annoying question. Maybe what, do you have an elevator pitch from people ask what you do? Like you meet some guy at a thing and he's like, what do you do? Oh man. Yeah. Really just the fact that we're a pretty small brewery, you know, we're, we're, really just focus on bringing people into our, our, uh, tap room to hang out, enjoy the space. Um, you know, we work to be pretty inclusive on and, um, inviting for all, you know, we don't have a man cave here or anything like that. And, and, uh, just kind of a good welcoming atmosphere, uh, you know, as well, trying to work with different uh, community organizations as well. Um, to either, you know, amplify their, their voices or, uh, support them you know, financially when we can, obviously we've kind of cut back way back on, uh, you know, donations and, and, and fundraising in some aspects just due to the tough financial situation, but, um, right. still we can you know, support them in other ways as well. So, okay. This is maybe, maybe this is me doing 75 of these shows at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. if you're, if you're asking, uh, like i feel like that's a lot of breweries these days so like when you're giving your pitch about like what why would i come drink beer at counterpoint like would you say we're a brewery that specializes in x or do you need to carve out a niche like what would you say is the hole that you're trying to fill that maybe isn't in the area because you've got some competition in the area right yeah for sure i mean we've got a lot, a lot of breweries a lot of great breweries um around here so yeah i mean i would say that we uh, we hit, you know, a few different styles, uh, which makes it easy for somebody to come in and, and uh, you know, and have have something on tap that they like. Uh, you know, we'll usually have an IPA, so we hit that, you know, that hoppy tone. Um, we've got uh, usually a lager or pilsner on tap. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that's a specialty here, but it's something that you know I've been working on on trying to trying to perfect and, and um, improve on as well. It's kind of new to me as we just have uh, recently acquired a small chilling system. So nice. it's, uh, yeah, just one of those things, one of those steps that we got to really wanted to make, you know, I love drinking those beers. And so it's something that's uh, nice to have uh, available for everyone else as well. Um, and then, you know, some, some barrel aged stuff as well, but uh, you know, again, I think like, beer wise the styles and, and, and what we make it is pretty common you know in the area um one thing that says as hard as just you know we're we're super small and we don't sell anywhere else really right. uh, there's a couple uh, a couple licensees but you know it's kind of sporadic so uh, we're not really out there besides yeah off our taps yeah cans here. but we kind of not cross paths, but our, some of our like conversation, our DMs has been around like how d difficult it is. No great surprise. That seems to be what a lot of the conversations are right now. But any brewery that's gone through COVID and the inflation and the cost of things right now, it's insane. Um, do you feel a need to like differentiate or is it such that 
you just build your little community and you kind of dig in with your people. I feel like more and more breweries are just about being that neighborhood hub more than they're about like blowing anyone's mind with the crazy beer because there's just too many options out there these days, right? Yeah, you can get beer anywhere, right? I mean, you can get, I mean, the variety in the LCBO right now is pretty wild, even, you know, to the extent where you're getting some of the, I guess, some of the wilder beers. Um, So, and then of course, yeah, like price-wise, I I can't compete with uh, really anybody, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) I really raised my prices a lot in the uh, probably about a year ago. And, uh, you know, save the business, but it's, I'm not comfortable with, with where it's at. So, uh, luckily though, I mean, our, um, yeah, like our loyal following has really stuck by us. Uh, and you know, even we got some new customers that'll walk in and just, you know, just simply say, well, it's too much. I can't afford it or, or whatever. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it sucks because we can't bring them in and we can't really convince them to, to buy a beer but you know often i'll just give them a couple samples see, see if they're into it and, and sometimes they change their minds sometimes they don't and just explain that you know this is like what we've been needing to do just to just to kind of survive uh you know it's not permanent i look forward to the time when i can you know, hopefully soonish when i can uh, bring prices down but just really depends on uh yeah on the, on the situation yeah are you so are you are you from the area how did you end up yeah, I've, I mean, I, my dad was in the army and I, I moved all over the place growing up, but landed here in high school. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. So since grade nine, um, I've been here one way to, uh, Nova Scotia for school and then into Toronto and, uh, but, uh, yeah, came back here, settled in and, uh, yeah, I've got a family here now. So, so were you an Oktoberfest guy? Is that your... Was that your? I was. I was oh no! You know what? I, I was. I was not. I. I don't know if. if uh, yeah, I don't know how I avoided it. I mean, I had a few of them here and there, but it wasn't really a, a tradition for me. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I've been pulled into it now. My wife's German, and so it's definitely a, a once or twice a year thing, uh, or I guess once or twice in those two weeks right <laughs> so we definitely we definitely head out there so nice well i remember there was an alternative one uh at one point that together we're bitter put on right i don't know if that's even still happening but i remember like kind of a the obligatory like write a post about oktoberfest back when i was writing with more regularity and i was always kind of like oh, it's a shit show like it's, <laughs> it's amateur yeah. hour but i mean then i remember that you know the some crap breweries started put on like the alternative version that wasn't just like molson shit at bingham's and it was kind of interesting again but i remember going there even when i had shitty taste in beer and thinking this is nonsense <laughs> like even even when yeah. i didn't know better i was just like sloppy and not my scene yeah some of it's nonsense i will say you know um when i've when i've gone you know gone to like the smaller authentic german clubs and it's 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 pretty fun like it's it's you know you get good food and right. you get the real german vibe and and uh and you know a lot of fun and, and some silliness but you know you can always duck out too before uh our stuff right. gets a little crazy but um you know bigman's has improved they've you know they've well they've tied into mainly to to waterloo and, and uh, slash carlsberg and um and they are doing some more guest taps here and there so you know that's a thing craftoberfest was twb's run yeah and they did it for a few years but i think they 
think they just stopped during COVID and last year they didn't fire it up, but I, uh, I joined up with, um, like Robin Shortfinger and, uh, the new brewery, uh, twas now they're out of their garage in oh, yeah. uh, Kitchener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no tap room, but uh, they do samples and sell some uh, pretty good beer there. And, and, um, they're great folks, but anyways, we, we linked up with them to, uh, do a, an Oktoberfest uh, beer garden uh, take nice. advantage of Rob's uh, big parking lot and right and uh, yeah so that was that was amazing we actually um, I don't know we were hoping for a couple hundred people to show up but I think we ended up with like 350 or 400 people for the Sweet. Day. So that's because of Rob Rob's got a awesome. Rob, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I think Rob's episode of this podcast is the most listened to I don't know he's got something <laughs> special I, I listen to it. I think it's I his mean, hair. I don't know. <laughs> it's something about him. Yeah. Okay, so you did uh, moved around a bit. Grade nine in uh, Kitchener Waterloo. Moved out east. Where in that was the? Did you catch a beer bug? And like, what was the beer that changed your life and made you realize, oh, you know what? We all have that beer. Where we're like, ah, oh, this is actually more interesting than what I've been thinking. Beer is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the Gateway beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, embarrassingly. Initially, they're all embarrassing Rickard's Red, Waterloo Dark yeah. I mean, Waterloo Dark you know was the first beer uh, you know my dad shared with me when I was 19 right and, and so that yeah. was um, one of those things where we, we split a beer nice. and uh, <laughs> it was you know and I was it was it was decent and uh, yeah like Rickard's Red I, you know I worked at a bar a campus bar at uh, Homburg College for a bit so that was you know, like that was on tap there um but I'm, I'm, I spent a summer in Scotland and worked at a whiskey distillery. So that was a big eye opener for me, just in general for like craft beverages where, yeah. uh, you know, the only thing I'd had was Valentine's because my granny drank it and my parents right. always had some and that was right. the one you know, I snagged and it was disgusting. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, so I never thought I would drink that stuff, but you know, I had some cousins over there and, and opportunity struck. And so I worked the story for uh, like four months and it, it was eye-opening on that front but also just the fact that there were you know corner stores corner stores of beer mm-hmm. and um and like you're, we're talking like i don't know dozens and dozens hundreds of beers probably just sitting around on the walls and in the fridges and so i just kind of picked them you know they'll pick and choose try some new stuff and um yeah yeah that's uh i mean yeah nostalgic thinking about that but <laughs> uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned corner stores that was actually one of the news items that if you're if you're looking for you uh you had uh, basically said you're excited about the prospect of convenience store beer i've got mixed feelings on it uh, as yeah. someone who doesn't currently sell retail outside of your home base i'm curious why you think you know convenience store beer will be uh, a game changer for you yeah, I definitely don't think it'll be a game changer. Um, I think it's, a, I mean, I think that anywhere that beer can be sold, you know, there's more locations that beer can be sold. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing for sure. And, uh, you know, it's two years down the road. So I'm, you know, by then I'm hoping I, I'll be able to scale up a little bit. I don't plan on getting, getting big uh, by any means, but, um, you know, uh, little by little and it'll help with it you know, increase production, um, to be able to like, you know, maybe meet some, uh, uh, demand and, 
I think it'll just be a good option for everybody. I also think it's a big stepping stone for, you know, maybe slightly more relaxed rules on beer, you know, in the big picture, like maybe one day we can uh, drink beer in a park in town, you know, since smoking dope everywhere is totally illegal. And I mean, like, you know, I, I, as long as everybody's responsible, I think, you know, having a beer in a park is going to be just fine. Um, immediately, the convenience store thing, it doesn't really affect us. I, I mean, that was part of the segment that was kind of cut out. I, you know, I, I right. mentioned that in, you know, media, <laughs> but, you know um, there's the no time for nuance, man. There's no, no, no exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just get to the point, good or bad. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just great. I think, I, I, why not? You know, uh, yeah, I think I mean, that it'll depend on the store. It'll depend on the store owner. You know, are we yeah. going to be selling out of uh, Circle K? No. Are we going to be selling out of the local, you know, bakery down the street that loves to support? uh local and local events hopefully you know that kind of thing yeah yeah we'll have to see i think for you know for the most part it's gonna be another place to buy the same shitty beer you get everywhere else unfortunately you're right if you get a handful of places that really embrace it could work what are you drinking there oh i'm drinking uh this is our version of super dry a uh Unfortunately, I named the beer after myself. I feel kind of weird about it, but it's Kobayashi Super Dry. So I was convinced. It's a good name for beer. Friends I've and... seen the cans too. I've seen the Asahi can nod too. Oh, sh- oh sorry. I know they're probably listening, so don't. They're big listeners of the show. A lot of big, yeah. a lot of big beer people listen to the show for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, how about nice. you? What are you what are you sipping on? I'm drinking a Montelier because I had a long oh, lovely. weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, it's funny because it wasn't like a real long, it wasn't like a uh like a party long weekend. It was like, you know, dinner with friends at my house and too much wine. And then the next night out for a concert with my wife, and it was like I'm I'm just feeling my oh, age yeah, yeah, after yeah, three yeah. days. For sure, for sure. But yeah, funny, you're just, just consuming a couple beers for three days in a row, right? I was just driving my son home from uh from his swimming lessons and i was like i just i don't forget how it came up but i said yeah i don't think i'm gonna have a beer tonight he's, he's like dad you can't record a podcast about beer if you don't drink beer <laughs> i'm like well can i please take a night off <laughs> like usually the kids are judging me but uh he, he wants me to drink beer so maybe we'll see how this montelier goes down it's a good kid yeah yeah um so I, I feel like um i, I don't want to turn this into like you know the pandemic fucking sucks because that seems to be the, the underlying context of so many of these episodes but i was going to ask you've got a you've got an anniversary coming up and we'll get to that but what's in your tenure has been the most surprising thing that you know since you opened a brewery like i never would have thought this would have happened but but try to keep it positive because <laughs> it's so easy to say the pandemic but yeah i can keep it positive i'm you know what am i i don't know I, yeah. I always say like I'm optimistic, but it's it's you know it's it's optimistic to a fault, right? Like it's it's great to um, have a positive outlook, but sometimes it's just so easy, you know, to let that uh, eventually let let you down. You know, everything's gonna get better, everything's gonna get better, and then it doesn't. You know, like two three years right. ago, that shit. But um, honestly, I mean, I, I yeah, <laughs> the most surprising thing is that. I never expected, uh, I think, like, never expected customers to be so loyal um, Hmm. and willing to support a business. You know, at at the time, we were pretty new uh, year in when everything hit. And I mean, you know, we were 
was crazy. We were selling out of beer and all that sort of stuff for a couple of months and, and um, it was phenomenal, but just in the long term, you know, the fact that we have supporters and even new customers that have, you know, moved here in the last couple of years that haven't been out, you know, exploring and then they're, and they're coming out and now they're like, you know, we see them every week. It's, uh, it's very cool. People I think are enjoying, um, out again, you know, to an extent, it's it's not what it used to be, but it's it's a kind of a different style of I think social life, socializing, that kind of thing. Yeah. So how do I mean? You were only around for a year before basically, you know, everything shut down. To what do you owe your like? To what do you attribute your success of building up loyalty? Like, how did you gain a loyal following so quickly? I, I don't know geographically. Like, I'm not gonna say. Are you are you like the, the best thing in walking distance. I don't know how close you are to other breweries. Or what is it? Like, what was the hook? Um, I think it was, you know, uh, it was a few different factors. One was uh, the beer. Uh, you know, I think in town, there wasn't much in the way of like, you know, hazy pails, hazy IPAs, that kind of thing, which was, mm-hmm. you know, the hype back a few years ago. Um, and so we were able to just, you know, we were producing that stuff, which, you know, looked great on Instagram. Beer was pretty, I feel like beer was, you know, there was a lot of momentum there for, for new breweries and um, excitement around, yeah, new beer, new breweries, photo, photos of beer. Like it was amazing how at that time, you know, we could just post something and we'd have a lot like a lineup at, at open, you know, it was a red beer because it was raspberries or a hazy beer and, and it was just that appeal um, was a thing. But um, yeah, I think we, we rotated our business model was also just, you know, we only had four taps when we opened. So the first two years, we only had four taps, but um, you know, we went through it, we rotated, we only, we got a new beer almost every week. And um, it was a new, new model. Some people would ask, you know, what are you hanging on to? Or what are you going to be consistent with? And, and, and uh but the whole thing was just to i mean make similar styles but but try new things right uh, so that so a lot of people would you know he's quickly became used to it and and um would come in asking you know what's new this week and uh, so that was that was kind of fun i think it kept things fresh for us um you know limiting ourselves to four taps if we just kept stuck with the same four i don't think we'd be as exciting at the time hey listen listen Sit down for a sec. I got something serious here. Are you looking for a smooth, lightly filtered lager? Are you are? Listen. Balanced taste, crisp finish, is that what you're looking for? Grab the bull by the horns, guys. Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer. It's available at select beer stores and LCBO stores, okay? Details on that at farmerscreedbeer.com. Check it out. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the awkward question. You talked about you talked about pricing recently. That's kind of yeah. how we cross paths. You talked about loyalty. I feel like I've gotten cheaper. Like <laughs> I know it's getting it's it's like totally counterintuitive to like I want to support craft brewers because I know the cost of fucking everything has gone up from cardboard to aluminum to ingredients, and yet I'm cheaper because the cost of all my shit's gone up. So like when I'm in the grocery store, or the LCBO, I'm looking at can prices. And so I, I actually commented on someone else's and they're like, yeah, that's the price of our beer. Cause you've got, you're up in the $7 range. That's, that's significant. So yeah. I'm curious to know, like, it's great to hear that people are still 
like supporting the brewery and the get it while you've gone up with your prices because like i can speak to you as someone who's like ah fuck like it's a difference between another beer for me so i'm, I'm getting cheaper it's got to be tough oh yeah for sure you know i think like every business owner will say the last thing they want to do is raise their prices um and then to this extent is yes yeah, twofold you know it's like it's even it's it's even worse um because you worry about people not buying your beer um you know, criticizing you, that kind of thing. Um, but it's, for me, it's just, it, it, it needed to be done. It was simple math and it was kind of like a last ditch uh, effort here. Like if I continue to sell beer at, at the price uh, that it was originally at, you know, we just, we would be losing money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so unfortunately it was just like a straight up business decision that, uh, yeah, that needed to be done. Um, and I think overall, you know, people are buying less of our beer, uh, when they visit because of it, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not losing money on each beer and that, that you know, that, that are canned and, or that's canned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think that the only thing that saved us is that we, you know, we have more customers than we did before, uh, even if they're buying less. At least uh, we're moving the beer at, at the price that we need to. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, say to everybody, it sucks, um, but that's yeah, that's that's the way it's going to be for 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 now for the short term. I'm pretty confident. Like I do have, I mean, I, I've got this system I bought two years ago. That's you know that'll more than double my capacity, which is not huge, anyways. Like I may. may 200 liters at a time right um, so i bought a three and a half barrel system a couple of years ago used from a you know brewery in the states and, and brought it up and then you know and then there were another three lockdowns so i didn't spend the money on installing it but you know that should help that'll help make us you know get us more beer get more beer out the door and, and in turn reduce the price yeah i was gonna say where do you where do you think you'll see that like relief come in for you to lower the prices because i mean historically not that you're one of these people, but you see a company raises the price of beer and it's still selling. They're like, why would I lower it? It's still selling. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's just, that's evil, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's capitalism. <laughs> so, yeah, and the big thing is like, you know, across the board, our prices are the same just, you know, because it was, it was, I was really digging into numbers and, and for that kind of thing, it's just, you know, volume, you know, it's, it's hard to keep track and we're always rotating of, uh, you know, which beer, um, you know, can be bumped down besides the obvious sort of some of them are, are obvious, but, uh, you know, so I think it'll be, will be a transition, you know, some, some cans will remain, you know, seven bucks and others will be able to drop down and, uh, you know, the more yeah. consumable beers, the easy drinkers, the ones that, you know, don't take, don't have as much ingredients in yeah, I think we're moving to a place where people have like their go-tos and then they're like, I'm going to splurge, like, you know, get something yeah. special and support my local and get, you know, it's not like the days of when you do like a $90 Bellwoods order or something, which is something I used to do when I was like more of like, I needed to try all the new shit. I yeah. think, I don't know. I think that's gone. I think the like, the like Pokemon, like got to drink them all vibe is kind of gone away. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I just feel like there's such a plethora of, beer available locally to most people that like the like preciousness of you know shipping beer and you know exploring new breweries it's kind of fallen off a bit but we still are like yeah i'm gonna grab a six pack from these guys they make great beer it's a little steeper but it's not an everyday thing 
Oh yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, yeah, it's tough. Like I, I think with everything being so expensive, you know, I know that we're lower on, you know, on the list of uh, priorities for, for people to be spending money on and, yeah. you know, um, and I do know like some of our customers are open about what they, you know, where they purchase, they go to the beer store for certain beers and then they come to us for, for others. And, and yeah, if it's sustainable for them. Then that's, that's, it's, it's way better for us in the long run, you know, when we can drop our prices or when we grow a little bit and as long as they're still buying a few cans from us, uh, you know, for now, then, then, uh, you know, we'll get them, we'll get them back more often, I think in the end. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think your geography has kind of tapped out? I mean, we, we've been talking for a hundred years about having more breweries than is sustainable in Ontario, but they keep growing and growing and growing. And it was always like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then I think COVID kind of was the thing that happened when everyone's like, Oh, there's a lot of breweries out there that don't have a sustainable business model. Like we, maybe we do have too many craft breweries for our population, but do you think, I don't know. It seems like, KW is doing pretty okay. Do you think there's a threshold? Do you think there's room to grow? Do you think you guys will see some closures coming? Well, we, I mean, we've already seen a few, right? I mean, there were, well, I guess one or two, right? I mean, you know, descendants and their little sister, uh, right? Bittishun closed uh, three breweries in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, which we, you know, I'd consider KW, right? I mean, yeah, so yeah. Close and, and same kind of bubble here. So, yeah. So I think the big loss there is, is, it, you know, I think it's a, I think it's happened. You know, I mean, there's, you hear about forecasts of, you know, like dozens more, what is it, like 30 or 40 breweries closed last year. Um, 30 or 40 more are probably going to close this year. I, I, I feel like we're at the threshold where, or like, I don't know, the balancing point, I think. Um, the last year was really hard for breweries, but also just like so many businesses in general. Uh, when you know all the all the other loans kicked in again and loan payments and that kind of thing. So, um, and then I think if it, you know if there's a new brewery opening now, I think they're in better shape than anybody who's been open you know for the last maybe five five years or so because you know they didn't have to go through. Um, the hardships or the challenges of COVID. Right. So I think they're in a better position, but I don't know how many more can, can open. You know, I mean, it is true. It is, it's a busy place. I think it depends on the location and like their mindset of, I think there's plenty of room for, you know, neighborhood watering holes. So, mm-hmm. um, you there's know, a couple of breweries good. in your area I wish would close. I don't know how they're still, <laughs> I don't know how they're still going. <laughs> Those freedom right. fighters are thirsty, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they keep. Yeah, they did a big event this this weekend. Yeah, they got to have a spot to uh, drink. I apparently, I mean, if yeah. that's a good niche, you got to find your niche. That's <laughs> the fuck yeah. Trudeau crowd. I guess gets thirsty. Um, yeah. Well, one one brewery in the whole region is, you know. Yeah, that's right. No, it's your whole region. You and you're part of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Those are your people. Yeah. Um. Speaking. Of, okay, so I've seen. I feel like I, I when I see your brewery on Instagram, I've seen you in the news, and now like I only know you. So how big is your team? I'm guessing quite small. Yeah, it's 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 very small. Um, you know, I had a business partner when we opened, um, and then uh, he had left during COVID, and you know, so I went through a bit of a phase where you know I hired a brewer, um, 
for he was here for about a year then he left for experiment labs and um i'm very happy for him because they pay better and they have better hours and benefits <laughs> <laughs> so he was starting a family he's a great dude and, and uh, he's doing well there um and i had a front of house you know staff like full-time staff but uh uh, not, and she left, she started a family and, and her own little business as well. So super happy for both of them. It's very tough, but at the same time, like right now, we're just not able to hire anybody, you know, full time. So it's me. Um, and I have a handful of, you know, casual part-timers who, uh, think they, you know, I've got three people who work, you know, like a four hour shift every week and, and for front of house. And that's, I mean, it's helpful, very helpful. It's the only way I can get by really, you know staying open um as much as I, I want to or need to and and uh, allow me to to you know, continue production and run the business so yeah it's 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 it is, uh, it is that it's a small. lot man it's a lot it is very small <laughs> yeah yeah um what um what about licensees like you've talked about people coming in do you have a lot of like retail accounts or what's the i was starting out retail but like draft no no, uh, from time to time, uh, we're at Arabella and otherwise pretty much at this point, um, consistently beer town, Waterloo keeps us on tap and beer town, uh, beer town is it like there's, there's yeah. like 10 of those now. I also was like, they started in your area, right? Like the, the... they did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the charcoal group is local to here with, um, a couple of big restaurants and then they opened beer town and then flew around. So. Yeah, beer towns. Um, yeah, so the one there's one uptown Waterloo that uh, keeps us on tap. Um, what about food? Can you get a bite to eat at your place? Or you do a kind of a pop up situation. Yeah, it's definitely pop ups uh, for the most part. You know, we've got uh, some uh, snacks made locally, like this kind of crafty checks mix. It's called and <laughs> and uh, beer nuts. And then like grain harvest pretzels, grain harvest is like a local bakery that everybody loves. So, um, so we got their stuff and then, uh, and some dips, this, this, uh, woman named Snickle Fritz, she makes some awesome mustard dips. So, on, you know, that's, that's like, name. It's, yeah, man, it's real. It's real. Snickle Fritz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we've got that stuff, but other than that, I mean, we rely heavily on, on pop-ups. We've, we've got this great new partnership with, uh, this pizza spot that's um like a kilometer up the road so on on fridays currently um you can walk in our tap room order a pizza and then uh they deliver like 20 minutes later so uh it's you know it's really good stuff and and so i was really really happy to have that option and, and have it regularly available is sweet so so yeah, what's your yeah. you've got you've got you've got a plethora of options now for i would say it sounds like the food scene is growing in your area we know the beer scene is pretty decent what's your ideal food and beer pairing and you don't have to say snickle fritz even though it's fun to say <laughs> say it all day <laughs> and you don't Just... have to pick one of your own beers either but what to you what is an ideal beer and food pairing yeah that's i mean that's a it's a good question um i would oh man I, you know what i can't even i can't lie I, i'll go to arabella any day have a burger and nice. like you know something light they've got on top and then i'll follow it up with an imperial stout 
of some that sounds sort. lovely. So as someone as someone drinking his bubbly water and trying not to eat crap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. that sounds amazing. Yeah. Probably double burger, maybe double spicy burger, depending on the day. But that's nice. Yeah, that's gonna be it. Um, let's talk tattoos, man. I saw you got yeah, your first tattoo today. <laughs> I did. I did. It doesn't look. I mean, it's pretty fresh right now, right? Nice. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, to everybody who's listening, that was not anywhere that shouldn't be seen, by the way. Yeah, he just showed me his inner thigh. It was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's shaved. <laughs> um, so what inspired yeah. you to get a tattoo today? Oh, man, we just... Uh, yeah, I want to do something fun and a bit different for our fifth anniversary. And and uh, so I, I kind of re- reached out to a couple of local tattoo artists. And, and um, Sydney, who uh, works just down the street from us, uh, said that uh, she was pretty keen on working together and so she drew up a few uh you know beer slash counterpoint related tattoos so uh for flash design for the next uh, few weeks so um yeah man so i was just like you know what it's i've put way too much thought into it you know tattoo i'm like oh i think it'd be really cool to have a tattoo of you one of those yeah, yeah. cool cool people you know in common. <laughs> i was just like think too much about you know going to be on me forever you know uh so but anyways these ones are great they're really fun and um you know just another cool little partnership that uh that we're doing so yeah so, so booked it booked it up will she actually be doing tattoos at your party for your anniversary no. we tried okay, for it but i was gonna say that public health was that does not, not seem like a health inspector <laughs> would be cool with that yeah unless you ask for the other ipa you know? right there's a wink wink yeah, and there's yeah. a curtain for the buzzing noise behind it <laughs> yeah, it's in the cold room but that's right. yeah, so, yeah. well i didn't get my first tattoo until i turned 40 so i also was hemming and hawing about it but oh, then, yeah, uh, be forewarned i've now had one a year since then so yeah <laughs> i think which, i'm gonna cap which, it. which is like what how old you, you mean you got i have three tattoos. i have three, three tattoos. Okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> i think i'll say. cap it at five my wife's like are you gonna get another tattoo but usually around this time of year because my birthday's in march i start thinking maybe i'll get another tattoo so yeah. i don't know nothing crazy maybe i'll have to come to your party and get one it's only 90 bucks right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly oh wait they're not at your party i have to go i have to go nearby <laughs> i keep thinking they're gonna set up at your at your place yeah man, it'd be it'd be sweet i i, I don't know i remember this here a couple bars in toronto but i mean you know it was obviously separate i think tattoo rock parlor i don't know if you ever went there but yes i did yeah that was uh and i remember cool. the sailor jerry's rum sailor jerry sailor jerry is that what it's called anyway they you had they had a thing where you could get like sailor tattoos at like their launch parties and it was like a collection of like 50 little like anchors and whatever classic sailor tattoos at bars oh really like real yeah. ones yeah yeah right on yeah but, i guess uh, they have lower health health inspection standards in toronto things have changed yeah <laughs> okay so tell me about your anniversary party what's going on yeah man i mean we're just throwing a party <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> i mean we got to do we do it every year you know so last year was really fun it was, it was good you know way to get showing and and so um yes yeah, so all the essentials just music food well, and tattoos um nice. <laughs> and uh uh, we've got uh, oh yeah, and of course balloon animals because you know that's that's what keeps the balloon keeps animals the kids happy, keep the kids happy. Free juice okay. boxes and balloon animals is what's going nice. to keep us going for the night. So, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know some magic tricks and stuff like that. But uh, really, just kind of like a hangout for the evening, 
whatever, get up for, for, for opening later, like at five o'clock, and stay open until you know ten because that's my bedtime. But um, nice. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah, I think we'll be pretty full, and and um, probably see most of the people that we've you know that we've served in the last few years and coming out for it. So nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, should be should be a good time. Just looking forward to I don't know the buzz and and uh, and the full full tap room. Nice. So it's been it's five years, right? We were twenty yeah, five years. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. a weird time to open a brewery. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. 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 Twenty nineteen. So what's next for you guys? Or I mean, you and your 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 <laughs> rotating crew. I mean, yeah. You got grand designs. You've got you know a new system to set up and hopefully increase capacity. But yeah, that's the focus. I mean, I've been working a ton to try and get you know. Uh, a handful of uh, you know special anniversary beers, you know, one-offs ready for the, for this weekend, and and um, so the next couple of weeks will be focused on getting the new system going. Uh, so you know, got trades coming in and uh, setting up what we need, and then we'll probably you know, do a couple of runs, and hopefully it turns out and and uh, and get it flying. Uh, that's that's really about it, but. Also trying to be, um, you know, creative on, on uh, you know, some, some events that uh, will get people in the door. Again, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm excited and, like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the fact that people are coming out again to just have a beer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that seemed to be a thing where we were, we were I was, you know, and when I had my front, front of house staff, just really cranking out events and it, and it worked to a point, but also it was exhausting and it's, it, it's a lot of energy and sometimes a lot of money, um, for the, you know, the odd flop or, you know, but otherwise that's what we needed to do for people to come out. So, um, excited that people are coming out to drink beer, but at the same time trying to keep some, um, you know, respectable, like low key, but engaging events, like, uh, you know, we're doing this tiny tap room concert series with, uh, you know, local musicians, and it's really like you know, like the the old uh, I don't know, trying to model after Bob's the tiny desk concert or by uh, NPR. Yeah. Uh, so like, kind of like inter, you know, intermittent, intermittent, and interactive with much music. You know, the good oh, old yeah. days. Classic. And so, where you just people can sit around and they can talk to the the artists or ask questions, and, and uh, the artist is you know a couple feet in front of you. And so it's you could it's probably cool. get one of those VJs to host it. I don't know what those guys uh, are doing these days. I saw a picture of Master T. I saw Master T in No Frills when I lived in Toronto. It blew my mind. This guy was yeah. just buying bananas. Like that's fucking Master T right there. It's perfect. Yeah. It's oh yeah, he's right? just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. He got, yeah. like, had a cool job a few years ago. Yeah. Maybe we should throw an electric electric circus party though. We've got big windows in the front here. So oh, nice! Electric try, circus try is a nice callback. That. I have an older brother who used to be one of those dancers from time to time. Just do yes. a bunch of drugs and be an electric circus dancer. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, good times. And Rick yeah. the Temp is that? That's still a guy. He was on Entertainment Tonight. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. there's got to be. Yeah. A, there's got to be someone. There's got to be a VJ in Hamilton. Let's put the call out to come. Somebody to come host a party. Intimate and interactive. Sorry, I don't yeah, know why I said Hamilton. <laughs> Kitchener. Close enough. They'll, they'll yeah. hopefully somebody come from Hamilton. There's London, Toronto, and other for me. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Somebody in other will come host. <laughs> someone in other can come. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get to meet my uh, intrepid co-host, Chris. Yeah, was, and... where's Pell's Corner? I know. I'm sorry. There's Awkward no Pell's Corner tonight. Yeah, uh, 
I can ask you stupid uh, would you rather's if you want to, but uh, that's really his forte. We'll pass, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll let, wait till oh, I meet him. We'll pass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll have, we'll have to crash your party in a few days. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll bring the live version of Pell's Corner to the party. <laughs> Sounds good. We've got a PA set up, so you can just ask oh, everybody. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Don't make me actually do that. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you, and I appreciate you chatting tonight. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate that. Yeah, good luck with the party and happy anniversary. Cheers, man. Thank you. All right. See ya. A longhorn. Longhorn lager? Do I look like a sarsaparilla man to you? One longhorn coming up. Longhorn lager by Farmer's Creed Beer. Grab the bull by the horns at select beer and LCBO stores. Oh, hey, what have you been up to since last week? Oh, it's been a good time, eh?